Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Runswell Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane McGuire. This week, we're speaking one of the rising stars of British distance running, Emile Caress. Well, you spoke to him. That's true, yeah. He didn't want to talk to you. He said he, 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 he flat out refused. He said, I like that yeah. Rick Pearson, but that Ben Hobson character, no. Yeah, exactly. No questions from him. Yeah. Uh, no, we were, all, we were away. Rick, Rick, Rick did the good thing and, and took time out to, uh, to speak with Emil. And uh, yeah, he's on the cover. So, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big bang. He's on the cover of the magazine and we got a podcast with him and everything. And, and he's a right talent. But most oh, importantly, yeah. Rick, what you love most about him runs with a Casio. Runs of a Casio. He's not really on Strava. Um, his his nutrition uh, uh, sort of outlook is: if you're running as much as he is, you just got to eat as much as you can yeah. before you start worrying about the quality of of your food. You got to make sure you eat enough. Very very much back to basics. Um, yeah, and he he's got some big ambitions for um, himself in distance running, and he's already the British ten mile uh, record holder: forty five yep. fifty seven for ten miles. Sheesh. That's insane, isn't it? Mm. That so, is rapid. so rapid isn't it i was like i was chatting to someone um after the london landmarks half more on that later and i was like oh, i'd love to run under an hour for 10 that's always been like like the dream yeah. and i've got close a couple of times but i've never done it um and then you're like oh yeah uh emil Keres, he'd be finished for 15 minutes <laughs> he would have been showered changed uh yeah. on the yeah. way home yeah by that point he'd be fine <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's a great chat you've had with him and he's a he's a great as you said a great talent Oh yeah, um, for sure, for sure. So um, yeah, really interesting just to sort of hear all about how his approach, how stripped back it is, how easygoing he kind of is around that whole being elite thing. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Hey, look, hey, talking about talking about talking elite. about being elite. <laughs> Yay! We made it. Great, great, great. Ben, yeah. shout out to you, mate. Shout genuine shout, shout out to you because you did a great, great bit of running at London Landmarks Half. And thank you very much. Very, Rick. very close to the one for was it what one thirty fourteen? Yeah, yeah. End. Yeah, so I, I've sort of been, yeah, the sort of rec- the comeback to racing and and uh, had a target. We talked about the big half like end of last year, and I had zero ambition with it. Just wanted to turn up and see what was cap- what I was capable of doing. And it turns out that you need to do training. So I uh, I have been quite focused about a COVID aside and and uh, and some disruptions. But yeah, yesterday was a. I'm not even that. I'm, I, people won't believe it i'm not that bothered about the 14 seconds over because i just wanted to treat the whole race as a like a pacing exercise and try and like absolutely dial in just sitting there feeling comfortable and all that and i did and it it worked out so just goes to show 
what I, there's there's a lot of room there for improvement i think so um but i'm already looking at halves to do the rest yeah. of the year and uh get that time quicker not just like under 130 not 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 just 90 minutes but see how you know much i can do with it so um yeah so it was a it was a good race it felt good at the end and then i drank too much beer afterwards and a bit of wine and i got a bit of a headache now but that's fine <laughs> well that's I, fine what it's about i think that um after the race there are, there are a sort of select group of times in your life where am drinking is is respectable and probably like hen do and stag do i think you can get away with an airport festival Did you say an airport Festi- festival. no Airport I hate rules. people at an airport drinking at 7am. It <laughs> <Yes>. feels sick. <laughs> but after, after, after a race is fine, isn't it? I think after yeah. a race yeah, at 11am, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all right. That's good. I actually think we didn't... We were we were actually more like... A, we quite well... We, we didn't find a pub that was open, actually, We, it, we until 12. So we were kind of... That's quite, well, that's yeah. that's when you know it's too early, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the when they're not open yet. That's a sign to get a coffee um, and calm But down. I, again, you, Rick, you did great running. Not like... not unsurprisingly so you are very fast but you were off the back of not really doing very much you did very well so well yeah done. i think yeah thanks yeah yeah i managed to go under 130 which was the only goal um and yeah it was um but again a little bit like you it made me think okay like i'm so around 127 so i was like that's off not very consistent training like what can mm. i actually yeah what can i actually do i do think you know i haven't run loads in super, super shoes before but i felt like they do make a nice difference over the half and yeah, what did you wear rick I was in the Asics Metaspeed ones, uh, so yeah, I think they're made. I mean, I'm not sure how much to read into this, but meant to be made for like the four foot strike, which I think I kind of am. Um, you definitely, yeah, are. just think like you don't deteriorate as quickly in the shoes. That's the biggest thing, mm. and that's that. That was, um, yeah, because I think I don't know. I think Ben was in the same boat. It's like got to about seven or eight miles, and I was like, oh, okay, like starting to starting to feel it a little bit presumably by mile 10 i'll be like a mess as usual and it will just be a grim hanging on and it, and it just didn't really happen until like mile 12 you know so yeah it's kind of, perfect yeah it's right. good um i was in the endorphin elite jane just so you know nice yeah just check us out chat. check, check us, us out out. check us out jay what about you um, you've got london coming up so what's go- what's going on well this this landmark half was meant to be the dream of us all being reunited because yeah. the listeners won't understand that we don't all work in the same office anymore and I don't see you in real life apart from this this isn't real this mm. is virtual um but I got covid so didn't run but went out on the Thames path and did my own my own run I think I think yeah London's happening I decided yesterday great just because like, yesterday's so, run went well yeah three weeks here we go. Right. I think this is the way to train. I think this is the way to train. <laughs> be, on, be on the fence till three weeks before. I'm not stressed. I've not got time. Yeah, three right. weeks. Yeah. I mean, there's the whole thing of like getting a place. and. and... Obviously, yeah, I have trained, but I wasn't sure I was going to run because I've had this whole weird like hip injury. Yeah. I've not, I've not done any. I've done a 16 mile and I've done a 20 mile. Obviously, I've done a lot of running but I've not done any long runs apart from those two I've done like eight miles on a Saturday eight miles on a Sunday and we'll see we'll see how that all pans out in three weeks great <laughs> I like that great 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 I like that it could be great it could be like I did a marathon without with doing two long runs or it could be I did two long runs and it's not enough. didn't finish <laughs> <laughs> no you'll finish come on let's do a poll <laughs> readers vote <laughs> No, as you can see, I'm no pressure on this one. Very chilled. It is what it is. If if you're looking for a, like a mental strength strategy, um, Ben and I were chatting to this this guy called Mikhail um, Panheisen, and he, he's written a book about the Barclay. And he said one of the benefits of the Barclay, other than 
sort of going over there is like he, he had this mentality where he was like look if how am I ever going to do the Barclay if I can't do the dishes at home or like I yeah. can't or like anything in his life and I'm thinking I did a bit of that at the uh, London Landmark I was like, I like if, I, if I can't maintain just sub seven minute pace for three miles how am I ever going to do the Barclay yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got no intention of doing the Barclay but I think you can really bring it to you like you, bring it you to can you. do this marathon Jane how, how are you going to do the Barclay if you can't do you can't do London exactly and I think I've done the most high mileage plan I've ever done so I feel like do you mean a long run's that important yeah probably they are but I think I know I can do 20 miles now and I can do six more can't I yes yeah. so it'll For be sure. fine It'll, It'll be, be fine. fine. Oh, and yeah. if it's not fine, what's the worst that happens? I don't finish a race. It's well, fine. You'd finish it. You'd be fine. I could start day drinking at 11. Yeah. yeah. It'll be you great. You could probably come off. There's plenty of good pubs en route. You could just stop yeah, outside. Yeah, I'll wait till I see you guys. We'll go and have a drink. Fine. We can all walk to the finish. It'll be fine. That'll be good. It'll be fine. Great, great, great. Marathon um, training by Jane. Done. <laughs> that's chapter six of the Joy Plan right there. Yeah. 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 Give up on times, hopes, and dreams. <laughs> Decide three weeks before whether to run or not. So who knows what shoes I'm running in, Rick? I've just decided to do the race. Exactly. Oh, yeah. um, so. it's all up in the air. Hey, look, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear some science, some scientific studies? Yes, please. Always. So this is about hopping, right? So this is five minutes of daily hopping leads to improvement in running economy in amateur runners. Uh, this is really simple. I mean, it, it builds up from something very, very small, but you could probably just jump in at that, where, where it builds to, which is fifteen sets of 10 seconds of, of hopping mm-hmm. and you with a 10 second rest in between so 15 seconds of hopping with a 10 second rest is that uh, uh 15 sets of 10 seconds oh of sorry hopping. 15 sets of 10 seconds of hopping with 10 second rest so 10 seconds yeah. on 10 seconds off exactly. how many am I, how often am i doing this you can do this like two or three times a week jane okay great before London? Before London. Before oh, or after a run. Could, you, it could uh, get in there. I think that probably... Are we talking on the skipping spot? Skipping is probably the same. Yeah, are we talking on the spot? Are we talking like foot to foot? What's... what's, what's what, what, good question, what, you know, what's, what, what is classed as a hop? Here's what, here's what the study offer said, because it's a good point, and I think it's a little bit controversial. It said, when hopping, participants were instructed to start with both feet no wider than hip width apart and right. to hop mm-hmm. as high as possible with both legs, keeping ah, the knees extended. Uh, yeah. So it's like... That's, that's about power. jumping, really. That's, that's called jumping. That's no, yeah, jumping. it is jumping, but it's also that's like an explosive power thing. So that's quite good. I can understand why that's going to improve your. No, but you're not ju- you're not bending your knees. You're just jumping, right? Well, it's probably like a little bend, but you're like yeah, you're you're jumping as high as you can and then minimising oh, the, okay, the, the ground awesome. contact Sorry, time. So you're, <laughs> not, you're not going deep squat and then launching upwards. I don't think. No, 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 no. Calm no, down, no. calm down, Ben. Yeah, Calm yeah. down, Ben. Chill out. God, Ben. Jeez. Yeah, it's that's. A, okay. oh, I like that one. All right, good. Let's so jump around for ten seconds. Ten minutes. Ten, ten no, seconds. no, not ten no, minutes. No, no, no. Ten seconds. Tell your calf. Pull out. <laughs> ten, <laughs> the race. ten seconds of hopping. Ten seconds. Ten hopping, seconds of rest. Times fifteen. Fifteen. So about a minute and a bit. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, I'll let you know. Throw it in, Jane. Throw it in. Yeah. 
throw everything in at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. What's it, what's <laughs> See the, what's what happens. It, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that's great. I love that. Thanks, Rick, for a bit of science. I always like a bit yeah. of science. Always, no always have a Just training advice. Just straight, I mean, <laughs> hey, guys, if anyone's got a race coming up later in the year, start hopping now. Let's how you know how you get on. Uh, podcast at runnerswell.co.uk. Did hopping change your life? Probably. Let's let us yeah, know, please. If you've got a twin, one of you do the hopping, one of you don't do the hopping. Keep everything else the same. <laughs> I like and it. It has to be, be a that... twin. It has to be a twin. Can't just be two <laughs> yeah. runners. Yeah. Can't just be yeah. two separate runners. Twins. Can be two separate runners. No, but twins would be more like. Funny? Biolo- bio- <laughs> yeah. Better pictures, but also like biologically the same, you'd think, right? True. This is perfect, Jane. Yeah. yeah same yeah. same oh, lungs. This is incredible science from Jane. <laughs> same heart. They've got the same. <laughs> they are literally the same. They're Internally, same. externally, hearts. everything. Yeah. Twins. twins must have matching hearts. They must do. <laughs> They must do. Oh, scientists, get in touch. Podcast, thatrunnerswell.co.uk. Do twins have exactly the same hearts? They must do. I'm going to Google it. Um, <laughs> you can't Google that stuff. Do twins have the same heart? Yeah. yeah. Big search, that one. Big yeah, search. So, twins, get in touch. <laughs> Let us know if your hearts are the same. <laughs> oh, God, I think Sunny. everyone's lost it. Right. Oh, anyway. Good. Anyway, moving should, on. Hey, look, should, should we get our guest of the week? Or yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes, yes, 100%. Right. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete unknown. This week, we're delighted to be joined by one of the rising stars of British distance running. Emil Keres, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Let's start at the beginning then, because we understand it was actually your mum who inspired you to run. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, she just would uh, go running every day you know, to keep herself fit. Uh, so naturally, just seeing her going out, I wanted to tag along. So I just started doing that. And then I think at first I was sort of holding her back. And then over time, I was able to finish run with her and then yeah, and then so I just carried on from there. Nice. And is it, I mean, is she, she's like a recreational runner who runs regularly, right? Is that is that it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then she was a little bit annoyed at me. On another podcast, I said, yeah, that she was strictly recreational. But yeah, she used to do some races <laughs> and stuff. And Okay. Yeah, but I was saying in the context, like relative, yeah, she, she's sort of recreational. But yeah, she's done a couple of races in the past. What what sort of age were you then when you were first accompanying your mum on these runs? Uh, I was quite young, probably about four, I'd say. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so it was probably a struggle for me to like make it around the block, but my mum was happy to accommodate for me and just yeah, sort of let her run go out of the window so I could <laughs> tag along. Amazing! And I, I think like like a lot of kids, like, I I've prob- I was probably like this as well that. I understand that you were quite into football play um, growing up and it was almost like you had to make a bit of decision in your in your teens about maybe not playing football because it was a injury risk is that right yeah yeah uh yeah it was quite a big a big thing for me to quit football because uh, it was a big passion and I, I really loved doing it but yeah just the level i was reaching at running and then the level yeah. of football and how much i uh, enjoyed running as well it didn't really make sense for me to carry on yeah, fair enough. I feel like football is 
it's just it's so easy to get injured isn't it particularly sort of like lower leg stuff which is like probably puts the, the kibosh on <laughs> on any running yeah yeah no for sure some of the some of the tackles and because it was sunday league it wasn't really like high standards so okay yeah like yeah some of the tackles and stuff were quite dangerous and you see people yeah breaking the legs and stuff so yeah well you obviously made the right decision um from what i understand you also went to like a a school that had real sporting pedigrees is it bradford grammar where you went uh yeah so there's been some top athletes there uh in the past like the brownlees richard noreka uh I think Adrian Marhouse, a swimmer. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been some real top uh, sporting, sporting guys and, and women as well come from, from the school. Did that, was that kind of inspiring for you to feel like you were walking through the same halls as like the Brownleys and, and Nurika and all those sort of people? Uh, a little bit. Uh, although the, the cross-country club and stuff wasn't uh, the same as when those guys were attending the school. Uh, because a couple of key figures like Tony Kingham had left. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't quite the same. A, a nice feeling, I, I yeah, guess, right, to know that right. they've gone through the same path, but it wasn't, I didn't take like too much inspiration. Okay. From... Was it was it always a plan for you from like a relatively long age, young age to be an international athlete? Is it something that you were shooting towards or has it kind of, has your trajectory surprised you in, in some ways? Oh. A little bit of both. Like I wouldn't say when I was young, like I, I thought I'd definitely be an international athlete. Um, but then I was, I did aspire to it, and it was something I'd really like to do, and I worked hard towards it, and I have got there. But yeah, I can't say when I was fourteen. That was what I was telling everyone I was going to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also, I mean, you've also worked under some amazing coaches. Um, and obviously you worked under Alan Story, um, who um, you know, has trained lots of top UK athletes, but probably most notably Mo Farah. Um what, what what's it been like learning under him and, and, and under your under your new coach as well? Uh it's invaluable to be honest, having people like Alan and Renato to guide you. Um because they've they've guided so many athletes in the past to a level that I was aspiring to reach. And still aspiring to get there, so like they have the blueprint of how to get there. So it's yeah, you can put enough value on it. Um, yeah, and and without those two, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the position I am I am now. Because you spent a few years training yourself, didn't you? And I'm quite interested in that because that's that feels like quite a brave move. But in terms of do you feel like you were getting anything, getting anything wrong when you were when you were doing that? And have you changed anything that you feel like has been really beneficial? Um, I don't think I wasn't getting too much wrong because um, I was making good progress. Um, obviously, I was making little mistakes, um, but I think having having a coach, yeah, with the blueprint, just like expedites the process of of getting there. Like it's less trial and error and more. This is what you have to do to, um, if you do X, then you'll get Y rather than just hoping it'll work and trialing it. Um, but it was something I really enjoyed. And, and I think it is beneficial in the way that you, you learn the purpose of training and why you're doing stuff. And I think that does help even when you're being um, coached by, by someone else. 
if they set you a session, you just understand a little bit more, like how to do it effectively. Um, uh, yeah, so I think it, it was a really useful learning process for me. On, on the kind of sessions front, um, when you're looking at, say, I know you've got your eyes on a few things this year, but one of them is London Marathon. What, what would you say is your favorite session or maybe the session that you rate highest that you kind of feel like if you get that right, you know you're kind of in the right kind of shape? Uh, I think like some sort of tempo running or like some people call it threshold or uh, running. I think they're the sessions that uh, are the most beneficial for events above 5k so 5k to marathon i think if you have a good threshold then you can sort of get into the specific training afterwards but if that if that level is in a good place then yeah you're really setting yourself up for a good a good race i think yeah what what would what would some of your like threshold or or tempo sessions look like in a a marathon Um, build-up so i've only i've only been training for marathon for seven weeks now so okay. i'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. not too experienced but yeah. i th- i think uh something like three by five k four by five k okay um, yeah yeah and stuff with you can also do stuff with like uh instead of taking a rest do like moderate sections in between yeah um it's it's really it's not i don't think the specifics of the session are too important it's more getting the right amount of uh, time or volume at a specific intensity. So, yeah, so if you like, between 45 minutes to an hour of threshold in a session is sort yeah. standard for me. Okay, yeah. As you said, you've, you've probably until now, it's been other distances where you've, um, yeah, put your best performances in. The, the one that probably really caught attention is when you equaled Mo Farah's 10k record can you tell us a little bit about how that felt because I'm guessing maybe growing up he would have been someone who you would have looked up to like like all UK runners and think wow that's that's kind of where I want to be as well yeah uh, I do think with with Mo Farah like when I was younger and he was doing 2012 Olympics and stuff I was at such a different level that it feels like he's almost doing a different sport and <laughs> okay, I think yeah. most young runners maybe they sort of take inspiration from maybe people like a year above them or two years above them. It's more relatable. So Mm. it's like, yeah, even though it's cool to see him on telly, it was more like somebody that might be winning the Yorkshire cross country that I was sort of aspiring to be like. Um, But yeah, when equaling his record, uh, that that was really a cool achievement for me. Like um, the thing that uh, I was the fastest, like runner from britain that's done a 10k on the road it just sounds quite cool it's amazing yeah something that yeah if i told myself when i was younger it would i'd have been like shocked um but i feel like it was sort of more more, i think he had kindly left the record there for the taking okay Uh, yeah then obviously it's like almost a minute slower than uh his time on the track so um is not quite the same level but i think just the way i was progressing and around only like nine seconds slow on the track the summer before for ten thousand, that it was definitely definitely like one of my goals for that period of time so yeah it was, it was really really nice to do so that's the ambition then maybe to have like to have all the the british road records eventually 
Yeah, that uh, that's definitely something I'd like to do. Um, I think they're all achievable. Uh, whether I do achieve them is a completely different story. But uh, I think as a runner, you always have to set yourself goals, and 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 then I think that motivates you to try even try your best to to reach them. Without goals, I think it's difficult to yeah to achieve to achieve big things. Yeah, I don't think anyone just stumbles upon stuff like that. I really like it when athletes are like are happy to like articulate what what they want. I think it's really, uh, yeah, it, it's it's what people want to hear as well. I think as as a as people who are fans of the sport. Um, can we talk about ambitions for London then? I mean, as you say, like it's it's going to be like the first marathon. Um, what have you thought about what success would constitute? What 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 the goals are? Is it or is it more about just trying to get it right on the day and see what see what happens yeah i think my coach wants me to go fairly conservatively and take it easy in the first half um i think it just the first one i think he just wants me to have a positive experience and 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 afterwards like view the marathon in a positive way and not be sort of fearful for it in the future which might happen if i go off really quick and sort of struggle the second half so I think definitely, I guess if I can run a negative split, uh, then I'll be really happy. And I'm not looking for any particular time, like too fast or uh, any position. Um, yeah, just just a good positive experience. And then I think later in the year, uh, I think maybe Valencia or something like that, I'll try to run a really fast time and, and attack it. Well, it'll be really interesting to see what you can do at both at both races. Because am I right in thinking that Phil Sessman, someone that you train with, and obviously he's done very well at London over the last couple of years? Yeah, me and Phil have been training a lot together. Um, not so much this year. Well, to be fair, we've been training a bit together the last few weeks. But uh, well, I mean, this year, like twenty twenty two included. But yeah, over there since twenty eighteen nineteen, we've done a lot of training together. So club mates and we just he lives like just down the road from me so yeah it's, it's nice to see him uh doing so well at the marathon uh i feel like i encourage him a little bit to, to make the move there so oh yeah. that's cool yeah. oh, so it's just up the road so maybe like some pretty com- competitive strava segments near where you guys live right? uh well i'm not i'm not big into my strava phil is so phil's phil's i wanted to ask you about this mill because um on, on the Runners World shoot, so anyone listening to this, I mean, there's, there's a feature in, in the magazine just about to come out or would have maybe just come out by the time this is out. Um, and there's a picture of you with a Casio and I was like, I'm a Casio wearer. Please say that you wear a Casio. That's your number one watch. But I wasn't sure if that's true. Can you can you enlighten me? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I do wear the, that particular Casio. is actually my girlfriend's Casio. So yeah, she <laughs> oh, you've got, nice, got a nice orange one on there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah different yeah. one. There's actually mine she bought me because she was fed up with me wearing hers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think it takes the... Just wearing a stopwatch takes sort of the pressure off like yeah, easy I runs. Agree. I think a lot of people get too tied up into, into the pace of an easy run or a steady run when really all that matters is it's easy or steady. Um so like I have my roots and I know how far they are. So I do know my pace in the end. But whilst I'm running, uh, yeah, I've not not really any idea of the pace. So I think it's just good for you mentally just to be a bit disengaged sometimes rather than 
feeling stressed about uh, things that don't need to be stressed about yeah I, I agree I think that's that's nice I like the orange Casio as well that's really cool oh thank you yeah well she'll be yeah, happy that the, uh, yeah she chose it mine's the yellow one there let's see oh I think yeah, right very, well. oh, very um, nice <laughs> <laughs> have you got um because obviously you're a great cross-country runner as well and I'd imagine I haven't done a lot of running in Yorkshire myself but I know people rave about what a beautiful county it is uh to to run in um do you have a favorite place to run if you could if, you know like not thinking about you know certain places you like the track or whatever but like, have you got somewhere you'd like i absolutely love running in this environment uh i do i do love running in the woods uh, and on the canal like around like uh leeds liverpool canal like around the rodley section um and then like meanwood valley trail and echo reservoir where the shoot was the other day and then and my mum lives in Bradford, and uh, there's some like lovely runs by her, like on Bale de Mar and on the canal in Saltaire. And yeah, I really do love running and like being in those places and just enjoying nature and stuff. And yeah, I don't think that's like a feeling that you can really you can really beat is just having a nice run in the woods or the just in nature really anyway, as long as it's yeah in nice scenery. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Out of interest, how much of your running is on like tarmac, and how much is it on softer surfaces? Uh, pretty much all of it is off-road. I'd say like. Uh, obviously, if I have a, I have a, lot, a couple of sessions a week, like they'll be on the track, or maybe they have to be on the road. Um, but other than that, I try and always run on soft surfaces. Um, one I think is a little bit better for you in terms of uh, injuries and stuff. Just I think just reduces the like the force going through your legs. But also, it's just more enjoyable to be running in a nice place, like. I've never found it that enjoyable to run on a busy road or even on country lanes. I just, I don't know. It's, it doesn't have the same, it, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel I'm, just as nice. So I'm, I'm with you. I think, it, I think it's, it's, it's one way that like, like sort of recreational runners and, and elites really differ, I think. Because if, you, if I was to ask that question to someone 
who's running three or four times a week, I bet you they say it's almost all on the road. Maybe I do one yeah. thing off road, but whenever I talk to an elite athlete, it's always like, yeah, no, certainly no more than fifty percent of their running is is on road. And I really think actually people listening could could learn a little bit from people like you's example where it's actually like a large proportion off road even if it's just like the path next to a to a you know in in a park or like it's uh yeah i just think that it's it seems like a, a nicer way to to run and i think maybe more people who are interested in road running could still bring a bit more of that to their training i think yeah yeah for sure i think people would yeah benefit from it like i said physically and mentally i think yeah. maybe when people get into running yeah maybe they're doing park run or a road 10k so they just presume like yeah yeah they, yeah you always see them don't you just running up and down the street when and i think i think people would enjoy them running a lot more if they just sought out a route that was in nature um and it just they just have a more pleasant experience um and i think it yeah it'd make that part of the day more enjoyable and like yeah i think people do running at the end of the day i think the main reason why people run is to enjoy it and for health reasons. I think running in nature just, uh, yeah, sort of fits along with them really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, you've also done some training in, in Kenya, which I think is always like fascinating because obviously it's not something that most runners get a chance to do. Um, what did you learn by by doing that? What, what were some of the benefits? Um, are you going back? Have you been recently? Yeah, so I went in January. I've been... Uh, three times so I've been in January like each year for the past three years Um I think there's like a multitude of benefits like one the weather's really bad in Yorkshire like that time of year <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah you're just avoiding like the ice maybe and windy and cold Um yes and then you're at altitude which is uh, beneficial for performance um, and then the climate's perfect it's not too hot um and then i think just being immersed in the training environment that produces a, like some of the best runners in the world um is really inspiring and humbling as well like when you see um when you see how they live uh, and how they achieve like such success it's uh, through such like a minimalistic lifestyle i think in britain so many people get caught up in 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 like the minutiae of training and needing all the technology and uh i don't know specific food and i don't know they overcomplicate everything and in kenya life is just really simple Uh, and i think yeah uh, a lot of British people could learn a lot from the Kenyan people's attitude and they just enjoy running and work really hard and do the basics like sleeping and re- recovering really well and then that leads to yeah good performances yeah I think it's I really agree I think running is ultimately a very simple sport that's made complicated by um yeah, some some misinformation and kind of sweating the stuff that doesn't actually in the, yeah. know, in the big picture doesn't matter as much as as um as the basics. Uh, on on like when it comes to things like nutrition and food, like are you are you do you have a very strict diet? Are you um are you into like are you into food into cooking or is it just something? Is it more like a kind of I just need to eat a lot because I'm doing loads of running? It's like a fuel thing. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, is more I need to eat as much as possible. 
Yeah. Um, because I'm doing so much training, you need to eat a lot to fuel it. And if it's it's quite simple, if you don't eat enough, then you're not gonna have enough energy to train properly. Uh, I think that's another thing. A lot of people get caught up into weight and body fat and stuff like that. Um, when really, if you're training properly, I think you need to just try and eat as much as you can. And it doesn't really matter what you eat either. Um, I think you can eat you can eat junk food and stuff but as long as you eat fruit and veg and stuff as well yeah um, yeah then i think that's the main thing once you've ticked the box of eating yeah. enough then maybe you can look at the specifics of what you are eating but i think yeah the main thing to focus on is eating enough and yeah i'm not big into my cooking so i do order quite a lot of takeaways and stuff right okay yeah so <laughs> i think that's again that's like a refreshingly sort of simple attitude isn't it it's like yeah get enough calories in and then obviously you want them to be of of high quality but without maybe completely stressing about like macros and like you know all that sort of that sort of stuff uh yeah because i think some people some people are getting into running want to um get to a higher level they yeah they think maybe they'll have salad for tea or yeah, dinner dinner yeah, down yeah. south they'd have a salad and Think that think they're doing the right thing when really like they're just a, a plate of fish and chips or something from the chippy would actually be better for them if yeah. they've run like 20 miles that day yeah right um, yeah yeah and then obviously it's better if maybe they're having rice and chicken and broccoli but it, yeah i think yeah i think it's an important message i think you're right it doesn't it doesn't get communicated enough i think some people feel like they're yeah like, like they're doing the right thing by sort of starving themselves with this thing but it's actually not that's kind of very unhealthy um what about strength and conditioning i'm never quite sure what like in kenya what the strength and conditioning i hear sort of different reports of like they don't do any or like they do loads um but what's what's your uh what's your take on it uh i personally i think uh, i think it's really important uh for someone like me i think it does depend on the individual i think some people have maybe and naturally stronger um and i think in running your performance is sort of determined by like your energetic system and your biomechanical just like uh function so um it's like my coach says it like you need to have there's no point like having a ferrari engine but like tractor tires or okay, whatever yeah, so like yeah. i think the snc is giving yourself like ferrari tires or that that's a sort of metaphor like if you can yeah run far if your legs can are powerful and um, can produce a lot of force then naturally it's easier to run faster i think that comes more naturally to some people than others so i think if you are um if you tend to feel like your breathing's okay but you just couldn't run any faster then gym's probably really beneficial for you and then also uh injury prevention uh, as well um but I tend to be quite lucky with that, like, regardless if I do gym or not. But I think more for me is just being able to run quickly is the biggest okay. benefit I get from it. Yeah. Are, are you doing what what I'd call a kind of classic straight for good conditioning? So, like, lifting relatively heavy weights, concentrating on core and legs principally? Or is it – could you give us any, like, a little bit of a sense of what, like, what would a straight for conditioning, like, workout look like for you? Uh, yeah, so – there, there isn't, I don't really do any car. Um, it's mainly like 
uh, I was listening to a Richard Blagrove podcast there a couple of years ago, and he said he's one of like the foremost people in S and C. And he said if you're doing like, I think it's a step up exercise, uh, like a hinge exercise, uh, a push exercise, uh, then I think like you're pretty much ninety percent of the way there. So I think if you're doing like a squat, a Romanian deadlift, and a step up. Uh, with like pretty heavy weights, like maybe three times eight or something, um, for the sets and reps, like it might not be the perfect routine, but you're getting most of the benefits. And then I think after that, you can tailor it, maybe doing some calf stuff or plyometrics and stuff like that. But yeah, for me, it's quite, I, I do keep it quite simple, um, with that. And then I do like one circuit session a week where I'm doing more, like, squat jumps and, like, jumping lunges and high knees and just for muscular endurance. Yeah, I found that's quite been quite beneficial for me, especially in cross-country where your legs do tend to start getting tired. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about shoes? Everyone who listens to this podcast loves shoes. Everyone is into shoes, aren't they? They want to talk about it. Um, what, what are your go-to shoes for racing let's say like the 10 miler and also the marathon maybe that maybe they're the same shoe um and also do you run in that in that same shoe for most of your training miles or do you go for a different shoe uh so de- definitely i've i definitely advise everyone to have different shoes for racing and training um yeah well well racing and easy running maybe the racing shoes are what you do sessions in but Okay, definitely yeah. don't race in the shoes that you do easy runs in um so i do easy runs in like boston uh, i did ask boston tens at the moment um yeah i really like those shoes like the quiet the quiet got a big stack height and they actually have carbon rods in them um but i don't know they just feel really nice for easy runs um, i think because they've got a big stack height you don't tend to feel like little stones and stuff in your feet when you're in the forest and stuff so and that's like a a benefit of them that maybe it wasn't intended when they were making them because they are supposed to be for like sort of steady runs and tempo runs and stuff but i do like them for easy runs and then um for most of the races i've done so far on the road is i use the takumi sen uh oh yeah number yeah. Wow, eight. yeah 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 um i think the number nine has just come out and i haven't actually tried them yet so i might be wearing those for the 10 mile um but they're, they're, I think they're probably, they're probably not that yeah they're probably not that well known by people. I mean they're they're a stripped down Adidas shoe, aren't they? Um, not a super shoe from memory. Yeah, they, no, they are a super shoe. They are now. Okay, okay, right. Yeah. Um, so I think the seven was like the last iteration that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wasn't a super shoe. Um, yeah, they were really minimal. Um, I did like running in those. Um, but yeah, the 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 Sen Eight is like. Yeah, stripped down version of the Adi Adios Pro, which is okay. like Adidas yeah. probably, um, like would you say flagship model? I don't know if that's the right. Yeah, the I right think that's word. true, isn't it? It's yeah, it's like very. It's on the feet of a lot of top marathoners, isn't it? And it's kind of yeah. big stack height, like thirty eight or something stack height. Or something. Yeah. Um. Whereas the Takumi, I think the, the Takumi is thirty three, and I think yeah, the Pro is like thirty nine. So the Takumi still got a decent stack height. Um. But. It it's just I feel like it's that bit more responsive for me, and because I'm I'm fairly skinny and don't weigh that much, uh, I feel like I get uh, I do like a shoe that's a little bit lighter, 
yeah fair yeah yeah the villa is just more more in line with me and so yeah i, I love that i love the takumi and yeah, I, I'm I not sure. I want to try them. Yeah, I, I didn't. I kind of went under the radar for me those because I, I tried the the Adios Pro and liked it. But again, yeah, I'd probably go for something that's a little bit closer to the ground if it was an option. But I wasn't sure that was a uh, that was there. So yeah, nice. I think everyone should give them a go because they feel like a traditional race or what everyone's like used to in the past. Um, like what they feel like comfortable with, but it's a super shoe, so you get you get best of both worlds i think do you have a do you have a trail shoe that you use for like um or, or the kind of foresty trails you're doing because road shoes actually can survive on quite a few like off-road um yeah routes i think but have you got a trail shoe uh no i don't actually have a trail shoe uh i do run i just run in the boston tens in the in the trails and stuff uh yeah and i don't yeah i don't really have any problems like doing that i don't they're not like i'm not if i was going on the fells and stuff yeah like okay, really yeah yeah, 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 yeah. serious yeah. routes then i'd yeah i'd probably wear some trail shoes but yeah from what i what i'm doing yeah i just yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah i don't yeah. feel like yeah i need them you're not doing like hands on knees hiking and like doing the bob graham are you so they kind of probably, no yeah, no you're probably all right no. yeah <laughs> final question the mill so when you when you're not running like what's um what what are you into? Is it is it football for you, or how do you like, how do you relax? Uh, yeah, I do like watching the football. I'm a big Arsenal fan. Oh, uh, doing so, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been a good season this year. Uh, so I like doing that. Um, I like playing video games. I do that quite a lot. Um, yeah. Watching TV, spending time with my girlfriend, spending time with my family. Um, yeah. Most of my friends like they live in London or. Uh, a different country or up not like even in newcastle so okay uh yeah so most of the time just with my girlfriend's family or my family and just yeah just having a, a nice time yeah nice and just relaxing well thanks so much for for your time for coming on the run as well podcast yeah we'll definitely be watching your uh your progress with with great interest and thanks thanks very much for coming on oh thank you very much cheers so that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our special guest, Emil Caress, and to you, of course, for listening. If you're wondering, Jane's found um, an, an answer to the question of, do twins have the same hearts? The answer's no, it's not. <laughs> Technically, we all have the same hearts. I mean, that, you're so, basing that on what I said, Jane, which is obviously not science. Do twins have the same fingerprints will be the answer in next week's. <laughs> outro <laughs> um, you can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5 head to runnersworld.com slash UK slash podcast offer to get this exclusive listener offer thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week please do subscribe for more running and twin facts. twin medical facts <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.